<laughs> I, I love the title. Love the love some of the stories that we're going to look into leading us up to Easter. Um, Easter is such a big big day for churches, isn't it? Uh, we've uh, in the past we've shot for doubling our attendance and those types of things, and sure we'd love to do that again. Uh, we just encourage you to get out and reach people. Uh, but what I would love for CS do is just not only double at Easter, but just double all the time. Just have 80, 90, 100 people in here comfortably going at it and praising the Lord. Uh, it can happen. And so, again, one of those tools I wanted you to use and have in your hands is the invite cards. So don't hesitate to use those this week. Give them away. Uh, you know, if you go out to eat somewhere, just leave it on the table. Uh, give it to your waitress or waiter, whatever. You just never know that invitation, how it will make a difference in the life of someone else. And so do the best you can with that. Today we're going to look at uh, not, uh, you know, I can't remember very many sermons preached about this woman in the Bible. But she's in the Bible. She's a very dis, uh, distinctive person within the Bible. And uh, so I want us just to kind of read together the, her story. It's in Joshua chapter 2. <clears throat> so if you turn to Joshua chapter 2, we're looking, we're going to read through verses 1 through 24. You kind of follow along with me. My version may be a little bit different than yours, but it'll be close enough. You'll, you'll get it. I'll pick it up at verse 1 of Joshua chapter 2. If you have your, oh, we didn't raise our Bibles, did we? Let's get this, do that right quick. Uh, let's raise our Bibles, our electronic device with our Bible. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand powerful Word of God. can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in those Bibles, hopefully you're open to Joshua 2. Beginning at verse 1, it says, Then Joshua, the son of Nun... I thought, I, why is that? That always sounded funny to me. Joshua, the son of Nun. <laughs> anyway, sent to, the little things uh, get me excited. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men to, as spies secretly from. Ooh, this is a fun word to say in church. Uh, we'll say Shatim, <laughs> saying, "Go view the land, especially Jericho." So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the, the men went. Well, pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the, uh, in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to Jordan, to the Jordan and uh, to the fords, and as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, that she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For you have heard, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did 
to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it, here's our memory verse, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God of heaven above and the earth beneath. Now therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have knelt I dealt kind with you that you also will deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sister, which also belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, our life for yours, if you do not tell this business of ours, and it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Verse 15. Then she let down, let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, so that she was living on the wall. She said to them, Go to the hill country, so that the pursuers will not happen upon you, and hide yourselves for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterward you may go on your way. And the men said to her, We shall be free from this oath to you which you have made us swear, unless we, when we come into the land, you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down. And gather to yourself into the house your father and your mother, your brothers and your father's household. It shall come about that anyone who goes in, out the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his head and we shall be free. But anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be free from the, from the oath which you have made us swear. She said, according to your words, so be it. So she went, uh, she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window and they departed and came to the hill country and remained there for three days until the pursuers returned. And now the pursuers had sought, uh, the all, had sought them all along the road, but had not found them. Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Jordan, the son of Nun, and they related to him what uh, had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Surely the Lord has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. May God bless the reading of his word. There was a rather rough, uncultured man who, for some reason, fell in love with a beautiful vase that he found in a shop window. Eventually he bought the vase and put it on the mantelpiece in his house. And there it became a kind of judgment on the surroundings of the vase. He had to clean up the room to make it worthy of the vase. The curtains were dingy and so he had to fix those. The old chair with the stuffing coming out of it wouldn't work so he had to fix it. The wallpaper and the paint needed redoing and gradually the whole room was transformed. When you put Christ on the mantle of your heart, your whole life is transformed. It's that kind of transformation that we witness in the second chapter of Joshua in the life of Rahab. As the Israelites were about to enter Canaan and claim their promised land, the first city they had to face was Jericho. If they could take that city, then it could split the country into two and it'd be much easier to conquer. And so these spies entered Jericho and they went to the home of a harlot. And why would they do that? Well, the sight of men entering a harlot's home wouldn't attract too much attention. See, God has a plan for everything. 
He has a coverage for everything. So if you think a harlot is somebody who's never going to make it to heaven, you might want to rethink your process because that harlot may have changed her life. But before we quickly judge them, then we need to love them. Amen? I mean, I'll wait for you to catch up if you haven't yet. Joshua sends the spies to the city to gauge the mood of the people to see if they're ready for war. And the sight of these men entering the harlot's house wouldn't draw attention. And what they found when they entered the home of Rahab must have come as quite a shock to these two spies. They found a woman who had been changed by the power of God. They've met Rahab, but found out that she wasn't the girl that she used to be. My mother called them rounders. Any of you ever hear that phrase? I said, Mom, what do you mean by rounders? She's not fat. No, son, she's been around. <laughs> That's all she'd say. Rahab is a picture of the power of the Lord to transform lives. Those that come to Him in faith. And we're going to see today how the Lord takes sinners who will place their faith in Him and change them by His power and His grace. As I preach this message this morning, if you are saved, rejoice. Praise God in the great change that Jesus has made in your life. But if you're not a child of God and you're hearing this message today, allow the Lord to speak to your heart. And perhaps today will be a day that you're saved in the Lord. But let's take a look at these verses as we break them down. Verse 1, Rahab was a call girl. There's three things I want you to know about her. About her. First of all, I want you to know about her spiritual condition. She was a harlot. She was engaged in this wicked, sinful lifestyle where she sold her body to men for money. She was a depraved and a wicked person in her life. But she is a picture of every person who's lost in sin today. You see, you may not be a harlot, but if you have never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, then you are lost in the sin, whatever sin that is. It's sad, but it's true. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you're outside Christ today, yours is a helpless and a hopeless situation. Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember that you were at one time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So I want you to see her spiritual condition. Secondly, I want you to see her spiritual condemnation. She lived in a city that was slated for destruction. God had already determined that Jericho would fall. The people felt pretty confident and reasonably safe behind those walls. But God had already passed sentence upon them and they were doomed to destruction. And the people of Jericho may have not felt that they were in any great danger, but they were ready to be doomed nonetheless. And so it is with the sinner this morning. The lost person may feel secure and may not believe that they're in any danger. But the Bible tells us that the lost are condemned already. In John 3, 18. 
He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It tells us that they abide under the wrath of God. Uh, if you read John three thirty six, it tells us that their ultimate destiny in eternity is hell to be forever separated from the presence of God. Let's look at Psalm 9 and verse 17. The wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. If you don't have God, you are lost. So I want you to see her spiritual condition, her spiritual condemnation, and now I want you to see in verse 10, her spiritual compassion. Rahab tells the spies in verse 10 that they, they had heard of what happened in Egypt and the kings, and of the kings and they had they, how they had defeated them all along the way. It had been 40 years since they left Egypt. God had spared the city for that amount of time, and still they had several more days before judgment came to Jericho. So Rahab had experienced the grace and patience of God in giving her time to come to faith. And it may be what God is doing for you today is giving you time to come to faith. Or that loved one to come to faith. I think one of the most beautiful pictures we've seen of late was when Sam baptized his son in a swimming pool. Sam said, I've been praying all of his life that he'd come to the Lord. And then, boom, all of a sudden, here he is. Dad, I want you to baptize me. And there's probably a tendency for Sam to hold him under a little longer than normal. Because when you know your kids, you know, but I bet he, I bet he brought him right back up into a new life. That's awesome, isn't it? Many years, many years the Lord's forgiven you, hasn't he? How many times did He knock on your door before you responded? How many times did He call you in faith and only to find a dull ear? You of us in this room, which is probably most of us who are saved, how many times? How many times did God call on us? Knock on the door. Genesis 6.3 says this, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever because he is... Also his flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. So, uh, you know, if you're Ralph, you've got 20 years left based on that verse. He's 100. If any of you are under 100, you've got a few more years. But when I read that verse this week, I, th- I instantly thought of Ralph. I said, well, he's only got 20 years left. He- Does he know that? <laughs> Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while you may be found. Call upon Him while He's near. Folks, the time is now. Don't put it off. Don't run any longer. Surrender to the Lord and you'll be so glad you did. So Rahab the call girl. Secondly, I want you to see Rahab the converted girl in verses 2 through 11. And there's three things about her conversion I want you to see. Verses 10 and 11 shows that she heard the Word. Because conversion starts when you hear the Word of God. Hearing the Word will cause you to change when your heart is ready to change. She heard about the God of Israel. It was a message of judgment. But it introduced her to the true and the living God. The message that came was her message of life. 
there's still a message of life that's being proclaimed around the world. Billy Graham, our greatest voice, has been silenced. There were so many people upset that his body was put on display in the uh, Congress, in the Rotunda. So many. The atheists just went berserk about why are we praising this man? Well, you and I know why we're praising that man because God was praising that man. So many different pictures, so many different testimonies of people's lives who were changed. I tell you the best one if you want to look it up on YouTube is Kathy Lee Gifford describing on national television why Billy Graham meant so much to her and her whole family and how they came to the Lord and were baptized because of what Billy Graham taught and preached to them. I mean, on television, she's just boldly telling it. Philadelphia Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl, player after player after player after player talked about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. When they would be in hotels preparing for games, they were baptizing players in the swimming pool of these hotels. Any wonder why they beat Tom Brady? Any wonder why they won? Some people say it's God won that game for them. Well, you're going to have to have God if you're going to beat Tom Brady. I'm telling you. I mean, he had less than a minute left. He gets him down the goal line. You know what I'm saying? He's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best that's ever played the game. Period. I, I just can't believe I'm saying that over John Elway. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just, he's one of the greatest. And we'll go down in history as the greatest. But God is far greater. Rahab had heard the word. And she had seen what Israel was doing. And she was preparing her heart to do what God needed her to do. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 For I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scripture. That, folks, those two verses is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ever want to memorize two verses and never forget them, those are the two I would have you memorize. Right there. I delivered to you which is the first importance. You see. Very important. And then in verses 9 through 11, she heeded the word. She heard it. And then she heeded it. It's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to heed it. I used to hear my dad tell me to go do stuff. But I didn't tend to heed it until I saw something coming at me that he had thrown. <laughs> then it was time to heed the word. Not only did Rahab hear that message, but she heeded the message. And the message produced a response of faith in her heart. In fact... She believed the message is, the fact that she believed the message is proven by what she says about God in verse 9. Look at verse 9. She calls him the Lord. Using his covenant name, Jehovah. All caps mean it was Yahweh, God the Father. In verse 11, she expresses her faith in him as the God of heaven and of earth. In verse 12, she again expresses her faith in him as she calls him as she calls God to witness the fact uh, that, uh, or the pact that she was about to make with the spies. 
Hebrews 11, that great hall of fame of faith, in verse 31, tells of the faith of Rahab. I mean, she's listed in the same list of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. She's listed in that list. God was ready to do a great work through Rahab, this former prostitute. And it's exactly what you and I need to understand. It's that our life was going one way and God was ready to take us a different way. And when we receive Him by faith, you never know what He's going to do through you until you let that faith activate. The Bible tells us in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And as the message of salvation is heard and believed in your heart, salvation becomes a reality in your life. And then you seal that. You seal all of that decision at baptism. But if you just do baptism without the rest, it doesn't work. If you only do this without this, it doesn't work. It's a system. It's a process. But you got to get your heart changed before you ever head to the water. If your heart's never changed, the water's going to do no good. But you got to get it all together. And don't wait. Don't put it off. Trust the Lord. Because if you're trusting in a sinner's prayer, that's not even in the Bible, by the way, but if you're trusting in a sinner's prayer to save you, you're in trouble. If you're trusting baptism alone, you're in trouble. If you're trusting church membership you're in trouble. How many people have you known that were members of church for years and years and years just quit going? Just flat quit going. Now how can they do that? I mean, there's 30 churches in Jinx. Find one. Talk to me. Tell me what you're looking for. I'll help you find one. I know all of them. I know about all of them. But if you're trusting in these things you're going to be left short. So we've seen Rahab the call girl, Rahab the converted girl, and then lastly, in verses 12 through 22, you see Rahab the completed girl. See, after Rahab came to faith in the true and living God, her life was forever changed. What God did with her is a miracle of His love and His grace. And it's the same love and grace miracle that's done in every one of us. Look at verse uh, verses 12 through 22. You see the proof of her completion. In verses 1 through 7. Jump back up to verses 1 through 7. She labored for the Lord. One of the surest proofs that Rahab was genuinely converted is the fact that she involved herself with the work of the Lord. She hid the spies, covered them up. Can't condone her, her lie, I mean, a little white lie. Can't condone that. But must see the bigger picture. Verse 6 tells us that she hid the spies under some flax that was upon the roof. Flax was used in the production of linen. Evidence that she had trusted the Lord before the spies arrived. That flax was already there. It may be that her life had been radically changed by the power of God before they arrived also. But even James uses her as an example of the believer who proves their salvation by the works of their life. James 2.25 In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Now I'm not saying that you can work your way to heaven. 
I'm not saying that at all. In fact, you can't. Your, your faith in Jesus Christ is all that you need. Your belief that He is the Son of God, born of a virgin, rose on the third day, lives and reigns with God in heaven today, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. So you can't do stuff enough to be saved. But when you're saved, now as out of an attitude of gratitude, you're going to do stuff. Does that, does that make better sense? Why do you pray every day? Well, because God loved me and cared for me and died for me. Why do you read the Bible every day? Because God died for me and loved me and cares for me. Why do you go to church every Sunday? Well, I'm not really sure about that one. But yeah, okay. <coughs> Certainly it's not the preacher. You've got to be kidding me. But it's so important that Rahab's work was noticed. Then look in verses 12 and 13. She loved the lost. Notice that Rahab is concerned about others in her family. She's concerned about her mother, her brothers, her sister, her dad. And she knows that God can take care of them if, if she but asks. So she asked them. She asked them. And one of the surest signs of salvation in your, in your life is a desire to tell others about the Savior that you know. Thus, my little cards. I want you to use those cards and give them away. Give them away. Invite them to your church, which is on one side, and then let them know that all the answers they're looking for are on the back side. Before they ever come to your church, if you've got a question, look them up. Look it up. But come and visit it and come, come share with us. Okay? Then we see the payoff of her completion. You have to go to Joshua chapter 6, verses 20 through 25, to read how she found a new, a new freedom. And because of her faith, she was spared from the destruction that was to overtake her city. And all those in her house would be spared as well. When the walls of Jericho fell, there was apparently one section that remained standing. And it was the section that housed Rahab's home. Because it was a place that was marked how? What did the spies tell her? A scarlet rope hanging from your window back up in verse 18. Why a scarlet rope? What's that a picture of? Blood over the doorposts. Blood over us. God used blood as a reminder and as a way of providing salvation. So that blood made a difference. That scarlet color made a difference. And that blood will make a difference for us. Revelation 1.5 and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the king of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. She found a new family, by the way. Joshua six twenty five, Matthew one five, Ruth four twenty one. She became the grandmother of David. 
Oh boy. Now shake that tree. <laughs> you ever done one of those <clears throat> family tree things where you go back in the past and you find some shady characters? Can you imagine David's family tree? King of Israel? Goes back and says, Who's my grandmother? What did she do? Oh, she found the Lord, buddy. Hallelujah. Matthew 1 5, she found a new fame. Rahab was taken from the house of shame and wound up in the hall of fame. There's your tweet. She was taken from the hall of house of shame and wound up in the hall of fame. This woman became the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. David's, I said grandmother, but she it was David's great great grandmother. Was the mother in law of Ruth. God took her from the utter life of gutter gutter living and made her eternally famous. He gave this trusting sinner a place in his eternal divine plan. What the Lord did for Rahab, He can do for you. You might think that God wouldn't have you because you've been so, so bad. But the truth is, and the matter is, is that the Lord loves you just as you are, not any different. And the bottom line is this. God can take your life today, change it by His power, and use you for His glory. So it's plain to see that Rahab isn't the girl she used to be. But what about you? Maybe you found the Lord some years ago, but you've drifted. You understand what I say by drifted? We used to call them backslidden. I'm a backslider. No, I'm just calling you a drifter, because that's what happens. Is you get you drift. You just don't you don't have Christ as serious in your life as he, he used to be, as he once was. So you begin to drift. But God can take the drifter and bring them back. You see, never forget that God is sitting on the porch waiting for you. And when he sees you afar off, just a glimpse of you, he runs to you. He runs to you with his arms open wide. Hugs you and is so glad to see you. My favorite picture of all that I've seen of Billy Graham, there's two of them that I've seen is cartoon type pictures. One of them is, there's not anything written on the cartoon, it's just a picture of Jesus and, and hugging Billy Graham. And they're both smiling. Jesus especially smiling. Then the second one I love more than all is that Peter shaking his hand, he says, Billy! There's a thousand people wanting to thank you. Are you going to be one of those that on Judgment Day, when you're standing at the pearly gates and Peter's shaking your hand saying, Hey, glad to see you. By the way, there's some folks here in line that want to talk to you. Because you were responsible for getting them to heaven. Because you passed out a card sometime that said come to my church come to know the Lord that I know I don't know what you have today on your heart I don't know if you're saved or not I assume you are and so if you are then you should be living it if you're not then you should become a saved person today today of all days you should come to the Lord you should come to the Lord don't wait don't hesitate don't put it off another moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these that are here. And I pray that we will leave here encouraged and 
Father, we'll leave here on fire. We'll leave here ready to to serve you in every, every capacity that we possibly can. But, Father, I pray more than all that if someone's here in this room does not know you as their personal Savior, that today they will change that. Today they will make sure that they are. And so, Father, I pray that uh, you'll move in their heart, you'll stir in their heart, and you'll help them remember and realize how important it is to be a, a child of God. Maybe they've made that decision and been drifting for a while. <clears throat> it's time to come back. Come back and get both feet in the fire and start working like they've never worked before out of an attitude of gratitude for what you've already done for us at Calvary. God, we can't do enough for you, but we've got to do something for you. Pray that we'll quit sitting and being idle and we'll get up and do something. If nothing else, we'll take five cards and pass them out to people. Whatever it takes. Whatever we'll do. Will we spend the time? Will we make the effort to be saved or to lead somebody else to be saved? That's really the question of the hour. God, move in each heart, if you would, in Jesus' name. Amen.